With the new year quickly approaching, are you starting to look at your career and wonder, is this it for me? Are you starting to notice friends and family quitting their unfulfilling jobs to find ones that make them happy? After the last couple of years, high achieving professionals are starting to realize that life is too short to work at a company that no longer aligns with their values, that doesn't offer them a chance to grow or doesn't pay them what they're worth. If you're starting to feel like it's time to make a change, I'm glad that you're listening. When it comes to landing your dream job at a company that you're aligned with and where you can make an impact, it can be overwhelming if you don't have a plan in place. If your strategy is to dust off that old resume and hit the job boards, did you know that you only have a 2% chance of landing an interview if that's your only strategy? The traditional hiring process of applying via job boards is a broken process and leaves job seekers feeling frustrated, rejected, anxious, and with feelings of low self-worth and imposter syndrome. And that's no way to start the next chapter of your career. At Optimized Career Solutions, we want you to land your dream job by giving you the branding that sets you apart as the industry leader or professional that you are. And we want to give you the strategies that give you control and confidence in your search and gets you directly connected to those who can actually help or hire you at companies you're excited to work with. Book your free consultation with myself or my husband, Jack, at schedule.optimizedcareersolutions.com so that we can dive deeper into your career goals and show you how we can support you in achieving them without the frustration and rejection that most job seekers feel. We have multiple levels of support depending on your needs. Whether you're a DIYer or someone who loves having weekly accountability, we've got you covered. The first step to the next level in your career is just a couple clicks away. Book your free consultation with us now at schedule.optimizedcareersolutions.com. Welcome back to the Atta Girl podcast with your host, Kara Dennison. And today we're going to be talking about something that is tricky. It's personal. It's something that a lot of women especially deal with, a lot of people deal with, and it is a tough subject. It is imposter syndrome. Do you struggle with imposter syndrome? In fact, there are studies that went out in 2019, a review of 62 studies actually on imposter syndrome that suggested that upwards of 82% of people report having thoughts of imposter syndrome. That is a lot of people. So if you have ever struggled with thoughts of being an imposter of, hey, I achieved this thing. I'm here at this level. I'm in this job. I'm working really hard and does anyone else believe that I deserve this? Do I deserve this? You're not alone. There are so many other people out there, especially women who also have imposter syndrome. And most of the time, this really, really hits people who are disenfranchised and who struggle with this in societies such as women and people of color. And so I really wanted to talk about this because I found this article from healthline.com that really dove in to imposter syndrome and the five different types of imposter syndrome. And I'll be completely honest, I did not know that there were five different types of imposter syndrome, and maybe you didn't know that there were five different types of imposter syndrome. And so I wanted to dive in to the different types so that we can help understand why we feel these ways and what we can do to kind of overcome them because we work hard for our accomplishments. We work hard to overcome these. 
And I want you to feel excited about your successes and not like a fraud. And so what is imposter syndrome? It's also, you know, sometimes called perceived fraudulence, perceived fraudulence. Interesting, right? It involves feelings of self-doubt and personal incompetence that persist despite your education, your experience, and your accomplishments. So no matter how hard you work, no matter how educated you are, no matter what your experiences are, no matter how accomplished you are, these feelings of self-doubt, of incompetence, of feeling like a fraud, they still happen. And so because of these feelings, sometimes you start working harder and harder And holding yourself to an even higher standard because you're trying to counteract these feelings, but they still persist. And this pressure can eventually take a real big toll on your emotional well-being and your performance. So it's kind of like a really sick cycle, right? And so I want to just bring some awareness on this because one of the ways to overcome this is to talk about it, to talk about it. And sometimes, most of the time, We don't talk about it because we feel like if we talk about it, it's going to perpetuate it, right? Oh my gosh, if I talk about feeling like an imposter, they're going to think I am an imposter. And here we are perpetuating the cycle even more, right? So imposter feelings, they represent a conflict between your own self-perception and the way that others perceive you. So even as other people praise your accomplishments, your talents, your, you know, wherever you are in your life, you write it off because you don't believe that it's true. Oh no, that's just good luck or timing or whatever it is, right? Right place, right time, right? And you don't really believe that you actually earned those merits. And you fear that other people might realize the same thing. And so you constantly pressure yourself to work harder and harder so that others don't recognize your shortcomings or your failures so that you maybe become worthy of the roles that you believe that maybe you don't deserve, or you make up for what you consider as a lack of intelligence, or you ease these feelings of guilt for quote unquote tricking people. And it keeps this cycle going. It's kind of kind of a really tricky thing, right? And any recognition that you earn, like I said, kind of causes the sympathy, you call it sympathy or pity, despite the fact that your accomplishments really are what brought you there. And over time, what this really causes is a cycle of anxiety, depression, and guilt, and living in this constant fear of discovery and striving for perfection in everything that you do. And this guilt, this worthlessness that you can't ever achieve it because the the goalpost, that line keeps getting pushed out further and further, leads to burnout and overwhelm. It's a really sick cycle. And so there are five different types that come from this book that was published in 2011 called The Secret Thoughts of Successful Women, Why Capable People Suffer from the Imposter Syndrome and How to Thrive in Spite of It. And it was done by leading imposter syndrome researcher, Dr. Valerie Young. These competence types, as she calls them, they reflect on your internal beliefs around what competency looks like to you. So there are five different types, and maybe this will help illuminate the type that you are if you suffer from imposter syndrome. And it really helped me illuminate the type that I am too. And maybe you're multiple types. I felt that I was kind of multiple types 
when I read this as well. So the first type, and one that I definitely am as well, is the perfectionist. So what this article says is that you focus primarily on how you do things, often to the point of where you demand perfection of yourself in every aspect of your life, right? Yet since perfection isn't always a realistic goal, you can't meet these standards. Instead of acknowledging the hard work you put in after completing a task, you might criticize yourself for any small mistake that you have made. And maybe you feel ashamed of your failure. You feel ashamed of that small mistake instead of the fact that you completed something, right? And you might even avoid trying new things if you believe you can't do them perfectly the first time. So if you're a perfectionist and that's your flavor (laughs) of imposter syndrome, it's really hard for you to get things done because if it's not done perfectly, you feel like you failed and you focus on the small imperfections and you might avoid doing things, new things if it's not going to be done perfectly. Is that you? That's me. That's me. Or it was me. I like to say I'm a recovering perfectionist. Now I really hold true to done is better than perfect or else how are you going to move forward? Because for me, I would hold myself back and I wouldn't try if I couldn't do it perfectly. So the second type is called the natural genius. If this is you, let me know because this is definitely not me. (laughs) I'll tell you that. So the natural genius, you've spent your life picking up new skills with little to no effort. Basically, anytime you try something new, you are a rock star at it. Ooh, I always loved people like this. I always admired them, right? And you believe that you should understand new material and processes right away because things have come easily to you, right? Your belief That competent people can handle anything with little difficulty leads you to feel like a fraud when you have a hard time if something doesn't come easily for you. So if something doesn't come easily to you or you fail to succeed on your first try, you might feel ashamed and embarrassed. And that's tough, right? So for me, I I always admire those natural geniuses. They pick up something, they pick up a new sport, they pick up a new task or a process, or they look at something and they can easily unravel it because they're just a genius at it. But the flip side to that is, say they have that confidence and they go into something and it doesn't come easily, that's a big tumble. That's a big feeling of failure and imposter syndrome, right? Is that you? Is that you where you pick up things really easily and then if it doesn't work, all of a sudden it's a real big fall The third type is the rugged individualist or the soloist. You believe, and this is a little bit of me too, and now I'm realizing that I need a team. You need help, right? So the rugged individualist or the soloist is you believe you should be able to handle everything alone or solo. If you can't achieve success independently, you consider yourself unworthy. Asking someone for help or accepting support when it's offered doesn't just mean failing your own high standard. It also means admitting inadequacies or showing yourself as a failure. So maybe you've done a lot on your own, whether you've had to be on your own, whether in childhood or in your 20s or 30s or whatever it is, and then something happened and you weren't able to complete something on your own. You had to ask for help. And asking for help feels like it's its own little failure. And now you feel like an imposter because you can't do it on your own. I have a little bit of that in myself as well. Do you? The fourth one is the expert. So before you can consider yourself 
or your work rather a success, you need or you want to learn everything that there is to know about that topic. So you might spend so much of your time pursuing your quest for more information that you end up having to devote more time to your task. So it kind of prolongs getting things done because you need to know everything. So since you believe you should have all the answers, you might consider yourself a fraud or a failure when you can't answer a question or encounter some knowledge you previously missed. So the expert, right? In order to get something done, you have to know everything about the subject because what if, what if someone asks you that question you don't know, and then you're pointed at as the fraud or the imposter? That's scary, right? Is that you? The fifth one is called the superhero. The superhero is when you link competence to your ability to succeed in every role that you've ever been in. So think about the roles that you hold, student, friend, employee, parent, sister. Failing to successfully navigate the demands of these roles simply proves, in your opinion, right, that you're inadequate. So to succeed, you have to push yourself to the limit, expending as much energy as possible in every role. Mother, I didn't even mention mother. Oh my gosh. Still, even this maximum effort may not resolve your imposter feelings. You might think I should be able to do more or this should be easier. And think about a woman and every role that she has held throughout her life, child, student, team member, sports, right? Band, volunteer, employee, sister, niece, I'm trying to think of all the ones. And then as you grow up, mother, employee, wife, you have to be the perfect person in each role. And if you don't, and if you aren't, you're failing. But that's a lot of roles. And most of the time, the superhero complex is where we fail to take care of ourselves and fill our own cups because we're pouring so much out of our own cups in order to fill these roles. And it gets exhausting. So now that we know all five types of these of, of these imposter syndrome <laughs> and where you might fall in, and you might be a, a bunch of these. Now I feel for me, I am a little bit of all of them. I like to taste from, from the rainbow here on the imposter syndrome. But for me, I'm definitely a perfectionist. I'm a little bit of the rugged individualist and I'm a little bit of the superhero, but I do touch into the natural genius and the expert as well. Where does it come from? Why are we like this? Why does it feel this way? Why do we feel this way every single day? Because the truth of the matter is, is that from the outside, when I look at the amazing people in my life, the amazing women in my life who struggle with imposter syndrome, I look at them and I'm like, wow, what badasses. (laughs) They're amazing. How could they possibly be feeling like an imposter or a fraud? But we all tend to feel like this, or at least 82, up to 82% of us, right? The interesting thing is that there's no single clear cause of the imposter feelings. There's a number of factors that likely combine or trigger them. And so it's interesting when I read these, because I'm like, oh, well, well, yep, that makes sense. <laughs> so sometimes the parenting and child environment could contribute to this, right? So you might have developed imposter feelings from your parents if they pressured you to do well in schools, if they compared you to your siblings, 
if they were controlling or overprotective, if they empathize or emphasize rather your natural intelligence, or they sharply criticized your mistakes. And so if all of those really played into your childhood, this could really play into now your imposter syndrome feelings. Academic success in childhood could also contribute to imposter feelings later in life. Maybe elementary and high school never posed much of a challenge and you learned easily. And now you have that natural genius, right? In college, maybe if you were really great at elementary and high school and then in college you struggled, that kind of kind of plays in, right? Other things that have linked to imposter feelings are specific personality traits, right? These could include perfectionistic tendencies, low self-efficacy or confidence in your ability to manage your behavior and successfully handle your responsibilities, higher scores on measures of neuroticism, which is a big five personality trait, lower scores on measures of conscientiousness, which is another big five trait. So those things could definitely play into this as well. Existing mental health symptoms could play into this, such as fear of failure can prompt a lot of emotional distress and can also contribute to people coping with imposter feeling and also contribute to anxiety and depression. People living with depression or anxiety might mean that you already are experiencing self-doubt and this can diminish your self-confidence and worry and, and contribute to worries about how other people perceive you, right? So a lot of these things can worsen your imposter syndrome and create a cycle that's really difficult to escape. A lot of times new responsibilities that are added to you can start contributing to this imposter syndrome, right? Like new academic opportunities, new career opportunities. You want a a new job, which is exciting, but that's new responsibilities. And you worry, hey, if I take on these new responsibilities, what are other people going to think about me? These feelings may fade as you settle in and get familiar with the role, which is great. And most of the time can happen, especially when you think about the fact that people outside people, outside influences, hiring managers are giving you that role for a reason because they believe in you. But if you are not particularly receiving support, validation, encouragement from supervisor or peers, those feelings can get worse, right? Along with those above factors, such as you know your upbringing, your mental health, et cetera, new responsibilities, bias really plays into that. So research really shows that gender-biased and institutionalized racism can really play into this as well. So people who are constantly trying to prove themselves in this world, such as women and people of color, aka people who generally have less representation in professional environments, are constantly trying to disprove these harmful stereotypes and having to work even harder to show that they belong in these types of situations. And so having those feelings makes sense because not only are you feeling those things from either your childhood, your mental health or whatever it is, but now you're experiencing this because you're feeling it. You're feeling that maybe society is also contributing to this and you have to work even harder. And then having microaggressions and discriminations, whether blatant or subtle, can reinforce this feeling. So this is really a tough thing. And no wonder people are experiencing this. So how do we deal with it, right? I don't want to just leave you and saying, well, this is tough. (laughs) Oh, well, we all experience this, right? So let's talk about how we can deal with it. If you feel like a fraud, we need to work harder to do 
uh, it's working harder to do better may not just change your feelings, right? We need to work harder to talk about these things and overcome them and realize that our accomplishments are valid so that we don't hold ourselves back, right? So the first thing is acknowledging your feelings because whenever we stuff down our feelings and ignore them, it doesn't make them go away, right? They come back. And sometimes in my experience, they come back in an inopportune time. And so acknowledging your feelings is definitely going to be the first key. So identifying these imposter feelings and bringing them out to the light of day can accomplish a lot of goals. A, working past them, dealing with them, and moving forward. So how can we acknowledge our feelings, right? Talk to a trusted friend or a mentor about your distress. This can really help you get some outside context on the situation. Because one thing that I'm really passionate about is the fact that our thoughts are lies. Our thoughts are filtered with our past feelings or past trauma, all of the things that our our mind likes to play tricks on us. So getting an outside context on the situation can really, really help. Get a trusted friend, a mentor, or a therapist who can really show you what the facts are. When you share these imposter feelings, it can really help them feel a lot less overwhelming. When you open up to peers right, about how you're feeling, it also encourages them to do the same. And it helps you realize that you aren't the only one who feels like an imposter. And that's why I'm doing this episode today, because I want you to know whether you see me on social media, whether you listen to me on this podcast, whether you see me on TikTok or you, you know, whatever in the girls, girls group, I want you to know, even though I am going out and trying to do great things with my life and to help people, I do also struggle with imposter syndrome. It happens. And in fact, there is another article out there. And I wish I had it up right now, but there are so many celebrities out there that also deal with imposter syndrome. Not saying that I'm a celebrity, but I'm just saying that there are people out there that you admire. Oprah, big celebrities. Jennifer Lawrence had a big thing about how she feels like an imposter. There are big people out there that sit there in their mind and say, are people are going to think that I'm a fraud? Do I belong here? And we look at them and say, yes, girl, woo. And so when we talk about it and when we have these conversations, it makes us feel like we're not alone, right? And so with that, the next thing is to build your connections. Avoid giving into the urge, right? To do everything yourself. Because when we reach out to help, it makes us A, feel less alone and B, it helps get things done. It helps us not burn out. And it helps us tap into people who are smarter than us in ways where we're not, right? And where we can provide our zone of geniuses to other people. That's how we innovate and do amazing things together. So turn to classmates, peers, coworkers, networks of amazing people. Get into the Girls Girls community. Offer guidance and support. Validate your strengths with people. Ask your your spouse, your best friend, your family member, a therapist, what your strengths are. I actually just recently did this with my husband because I'm reading this amazing book, which I'll talk about on the pod once I finish it, about what my strengths are. And it was great to see someone who loves me and supports me tell me without me prompting what my strengths are. 
it gave me a really great outside perspective on myself because sometimes I'm in my brain, I'm in my mind, and it's telling me lies. So do that. Get someone who you trust. It encourages your efforts to grow. Another great way to overcome this is challenge your doubts. When they come up, when these imposter feelings come up, ask yourself whether or not this is actual facts that support those beliefs and look for pieces of evidence to counter them. For instance, if you're applying for a promotion, but you don't believe that you have what it takes, maybe something like a mistake on a project comes up that still haunts you from months ago, challenge yourself. Write down a list of why you think you don't deserve that promotion, and then write down a list of why you do deserve that promotion. Put it down on paper, right? If you think that you don't deserve it, and maybe you think you're going to fool your coworkers, ask yourself, wouldn't fooling all your coworkers be kind of difficult? Wouldn't your poor work probably wouldn't go unnoticed for a very long time? If you're consistently receiving encouragement and recognition, that's probably a good sign that you're doing right. If you get that promotion, it's for a reason, right? And finally, a good way, another good way to overcome imposter syndrome is to avoid comparing yourself to others. Comparison is the thief of joy, and we've heard this a million times over. The one thing I can say about this is that everyone is on a different journey. You've heard it a million times. But the fact of the matter is, is that I'll say it again, Oprah. She didn't get her start until later in life. Many people that you admire and you look up to and who've done amazing, great things didn't get their start later in life. Some people got their start earlier in life. Many people have many different careers throughout their life. So if you want to go out and do something, go out and do it. But don't hold yourself to someone else's timetable because they're not walking rather your journey in life. And you may not excel in every task that you attempt, but you don't have to either. It's okay to take some time to learn something new, to try something new. That's how we figure out what we're great at. And it's okay to fail at things too. And it's okay to say, oh, well, that's not for me. No worries. On to something new. That's how we learn and we test and we try and we figure out what we love, figure out what we don't love. And instead of comparing ourselves to others, compare ourselves to ourselves. The bottom line is that success doesn't require perfection. If you're continuing to struggle with imposter feelings, a therapist can definitely offer support. They can help you overcome feelings of unworthiness. They can address anxiety and they can help you reframe your unwanted beliefs. I really want to thank Healthline.com and Crystal Raypole for this article, which most of this podcast has come from. It was an absolutely mind-blowing take on imposter syndrome. If you want to check it out, you can go to Healthline.com. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. It was an absolutely incredible time to spend with you. I'd love to hear your thoughts on imposter syndrome. Get with us at a girl underscore podcast on Instagram. If you want to have a conversation about imposter syndrome, feel free to also follow us on Facebook at at a girl podcast and get into the girls girls community is the best place on the internet where we talk about things like imposter syndrome. We talk about things about what we're struggling with and we support each other because it is really tough to go through these things alone. It just really, really is. And that's why we have this community. 
And as always, this podcast episode has been a production of the Girls Girls Media Podcast. We have an episode almost every day of the week. We have your our, Her Royal Highness on Tuesdays. We have Work Wednesdays with the Attagirl Podcast with yours truly. We have Girls Girls Podcast every Thursday. And then we have Financial Fridays with Stock Daddy. And we absolutely love coming to you every single day, almost of the week with the Girls Girls Media. So make sure that you're following all of the podcasts on Apple, Spotify, everywhere where you get your podcast episode. I hope that you guys have an amazing week. Make sure to be confident in who you are and make today an absolute great day. I will see you next week. Have a great, great week.